As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Today joining us is not only one of the most just like cool human beings on the planet, and yes, I am biased because she is my friend, but also someone who gives me hope in the world. It is NBC journalist Simone Boyce. So yeah, I have been back at work for almost a month now, but what does going back to work mean in in a pandemic? It's It's definitely, different. I wasn't sure what to expect. I'm working from home. And honestly, as a new mom, that is the, the best case scenario that I could really ask for. What is up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Overshare, the podcast. Uh, you're, you're taking on my intro that I... I am. I am. Lily has decided that our intro deserves a lot of theatricalness, mm-hmm. if that's if, a word. It, basically that like, if you don't say it like that, how is anyone going to know that it, it's... Uh, I was going to say dramatic podcast, but this is like the least <laughs> dramatic podcast you could possibly listen to. Yeah. Um, so I'm Jocelyn with my girl, Lily. And for those of you who are unaware of this show and maybe just listening or watching on YouTube for the first time... Mm-hmm. This is not a dramatic show. This is a show where two lady friends invite on their friends to discuss and overshare on a very wide array of topics. Pretty much everything. Like to describe the show is a little difficult because I feel like we'll have one episode where it gets serious and then one where it's like Jocelyn talking about wearing her boyfriend, boyfriend's <laughs> husband's, her husband's underwear. Absolutely. I might not be wearing them right now, but I wish I was. She's a big fan of the briefs. Today, we have a guest that I'm very excited about. But before she joins us, what do you say we just jump into what we're over? Let's do it. So over it. What she said. Okay, Lil. Do you want to go first? What are you over this week? I never want to go first. Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) I'm like, because I'm never prepared. Okay, I'm over so, too many things and I just get overwhelmed. Um, okay, so as we are recording this, it is October 15th. I don't know exactly when this episode will air, but today is tax day. I know it's normally April 15th, but Can due you to the- stop bringing that up? Due to the COVID <laughs> crisis, it is now October 15th. And 2019 was the first year in many, many years- that I was on my own business-wise, meaning I didn't have an employer. I had no W-2. Um, so it was kind of like a re, I don't know, a reorganizing year or just like a restart year. It was starting from, from square one, basically. And um, taxes are not fun when you're an independent contractor because if those of you guys listening or watching have W-2 jobs, you know you get taxes taken out of your check. Well, if you're an independent contractor, you just have to pay your taxes all at once at the end of the year or quarterly, which is what I'm moving towards. Yeah, because it's, it, let's just say it's easy to forget that you don't get all of that money. Oh, but my then gosh. also it's weird. And I don't really know how tax write offs work completely, mm-hmm. but that they're like, I, for example, have like the last two years when I've been doing all mostly independent contracting stuff. I'm buying so much equipment right. and so much yeah. stuff for work that right. I am assuming that that is going to really, really help me out. That I mm-hmm. and also like certain medical things. If you spend over a certain amount of money, I've spent. I mean, you've spent like all over, your money. On I spent medical. over the threshold for just my chiropractor alone. Right. So I'm hoping those will give back. They but, will. 
I just wrote one of the biggest checks of my life. Um, I'm, I'm glad I'm like a hoarder and a saver with money. But um, being an adult is so terrible. I hate it so much, particularly because of taxes. And it's stuff I, like that that they just don't really remind you or tell you how to do. It's just you're expected to do it and know how. And that is the specific bone that I have to pick. What the F did I take calculus, statistics, AP, chemistry, whatever things I took in high school? Why is there not a class that is like how to do QuickBooks, how Literally, to be a grown? Why not? Why the, do why do we not learn about this? It's way more helpful. The fact that I know what a parabola is, but I don't know what it means if I Girl. bought a $5,000 piece of equipment, what that means for mm-hmm. my taxes no. is a problem. The quadratic equation will not teach you QuickBooks. You don't, you don't you know, know the quadratic what I mean? equation. It's like B squared equals the square root of 2A something. I don't know. And it does not matter. It does not matter at all. But I do know what a polynomial is and why, 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 why. Anyways, Lil, um, my heart's starting to be I'm like, do I too quickly. remember what a polynomial is? Is it just a number? <laughs> Okay, what anyway. are you over? What are you over? Um, on the note of taxes, I'm um over that I I am stupid first of all and didn't get an accountant. And this year I think wasn't as much that I needed it as I will this coming year yes. because I still did have actually no. I'm probably <laughs> stupid this year for not doing it too. But um I'm also pretty good at researching and figuring out what like I know everyone's like, oh, save all of your receipts, blah, blah. And that always stressed me out. But also most of the stuff, especially big purchases that I'm buying that I can write off are online and mostly right. like on Amazon. So I'm like, yes. it's very easy for me to go back go and just find them. see. Um, and it's not like you have to submit the receipts. Actually, it's just if they came back and audited you, right? Which I've been audited, as you know. I was well, audited by the government. It took two years. of a story because of Clever and do it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you guys just be responsible because thank God I had every receipt, but getting audited was a nightmare. Continue, please. So, um, I sat down a while. I knew I was pretty sure I was going to do the extension anyway, but I sat down. Jill had told me last year and I did this and it was weird how it ended up working out, but Jill's husband works in finance. So she had shout out to BKB, her (laughs) husband. She had told me on behalf of him that you like, even if you file for an extension, you have to pay what you think you your estimated taxes, which to me alone, I've seen tweets that it's like, so you're telling me that the government wants me to pay a specific amount of money that they know, but they won't tell you. And if you don't hit that exact amount, then they're going to charge you more money. Yeah. How does that possibly make sense? But so I'm assuming, why would you file an extension if you were still going to need to do the work to figure out, like, I feel like you'd still need to go through most of the motions to figure out how much you owe. Why wouldn't you just do the taxes then? So I think I pay. So basically this year I did pay. And the last year I paid. He said to base it off. Sorry. I'm like trying to get my thoughts together. (laughs) He said, base it off like what you paid the year before. And then if there's a difference, it's not like they're going to penalize you, but it's just like kind of almost like in a good faith payment. So I did that, but then last year they ended up like, and then after I paid my actual taxes, after the extension deadline came, then I got a check back later for the original one I paid. Oh, which was confusing. So I was like, so did you not need it? And it's not like you ever get something that says you have to pay right now if you file the extension. So that's confusing in itself. And you just literally have to go to the IRS website and just be like, pay. It's which it like, like just blindly goes to someone. I think the IRS needs a new web designer. I just I feel like it's they very need flash. a whole rebrand. Yeah, I think they need a rebrand. I think they need to be a little like more friendly, but also but, uh, I feel so story, bad for them. Well, so long story short, I had planned on doing the extension, but I needed to kind of guesstimate how much I was going to owe anyway. So then I was like, well, fuck, maybe I should just like do it all now anyway. I think I used H&R Block. I don't know. One of, uh, one of the ones. Yeah, one of those. <sighs> they make it... Th- I think in the past when I've done it, it's been very self-explanatory. I don't know if I was having an off day. Maybe I should... I'm going to have to retry today. 
I went through the entire thing, had so many issues figuring out where to get to things because I think it was confusing with a lot of the independent contractor and then small business things to differentiate. But I finished this whole thing. Takes me hours. Jocelyn, I had put it in the wrong, I don't even know what different sections there were, but it basically, I put it as like, that I was a small business instead of being an independent contractor. So I had done everything, but it was all inputted on the wrong part and you can't copy and paste it. And it's not like an easy thing to be like, oh, just like go to this page. It was so much stuff. So then I literally almost started crying and then I just gave up and decided to (laughs) pay a weird amount of money that was like, kind of, I'm like, I don't have necessarily what I should be paying. So I'm going to pay a random amount. This amount. So it's like, okay, you have something. And then exactly. go from there. Yeah. But I think I'm over the, like, unknown of it. Like, yes. it feels absurd that they can't just tell you. It's very true, which is why I've always used an accountant. And after I got into a lot of trouble with my previous accountant, who is For the, the reason record, I got audited. Jocelyn didn't do anything wrong. No, it was I like didn't, a, no. It was a weird situation because she got money from when Clever sold. And then it was like, I was just like targeted and flagged. However, <laughs> they thought she was um, a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, right. Basically, I had gone from making very little money and then we sold the company and I had a, a larger influx of money. It was not a crazy amount, by the way, but it just looked weird, I think. So that's why I kind of got pinpointed. But I have a great accountant, Lil, and he's very conservative. I, know. I need to. So need if you ever want him. a recommendation. Well, um, that's the thing is, I feel like my, the stuff that I'm writing off is very, very straightforward. Totally. It's, I'm not ever trying to be like, oh, I spent so much on makeup and I'm on camera because I know that right. there's some like loopholes you can go through. I'm like, no, I spent this much on electronics and cameras and lights. And this is It's all I legit. Made. Exactly. Um, but what do you say we hear from one of our listeners and viewers? If oh, you yes. guys have not received the memo yet, we want you to be on this show. We have a phone number and a voicemail that we want you to call. The number is 562-661-8729. Leave a voicemail, three minutes or less, share what you're over and you might be on this show. It's very vent, exciting. Vent your heart out, you guys. Vent. Roll the let's tape. Hear, yeah, let's hear today's. What's up, Jocelyn and Lily? Sorry, that was annoying. I just woke up. That wasn't. I liked it. Um, I want to share what I'm over with. I am 19 years old, and I'm so over with paying bills and having people still treat me like a child. Oh. <laughs> like, I've been was... paying bills since I was 18 years old. Like, I know that's not you. a long time, but I've been paying rent, car insurance, phone bill, like, groceries, my clothes I've, I've been paying that for over a year now i'm so tired of it Ugh. okay well just want to say thanks for making me laugh and giggle and have a good time all the time <laughs> wait did she say her name no yeah, okay i don't think i caught it uh, well Girlfriend. first of all uh i was gonna say oh shit you're only 19 the bills keep coming girl <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but i think that if you are 18 and you're paying all your own bills first off you're amazing because i was not doing that at no yeah that blew, i'm like a round of applause for you i think my mom's still not now but like up until i want to say tw- 25 probably she was paying like my car so i feel like you do deserve to be treated with the respect that goes along with adulthood because you are fully adulting from what it sounds like. I would have loved to have hear, heard a little more about like how you're being treated like a child. And who is that, treating you like a child? That would really grind my gears. Yeah. Cause really it's like, grind my gears. If it's, if it's your parents treating you like a child and like trying to control your life, but then you're literally supporting yourself and doing like, that feels a little like, yeah, I'd be pissed too. Absolutely. But I would just say like, stay in your own lane, keep doing your own thing and block out all the noise. I'm glad you have your own place. You're paying rent. So I'm assuming you kind of live on your own unless you're paying your parents rent, which like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, in like, that then case. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but being an adult uh, is stupid. But I will say that <gasps> you just got to ignore it and kind of learn to deal with the fact that some people are going to always kind of treat you like a child because I am 30 and literally 
hat. I'm like, does my mom listen to this podcast? <laughs> I, I don't had, think Linda listens. I don't think she'd listen this long. Um, that I've had a conversation with my mom before, specifically usually about politics, where it's very easy to dismiss as like, oh, you like you're young and don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, you know, that doesn't work when I'm now 30. Exactly. Like, no, I totally agree. And I think it's so funny because now I'm 38 and it really doesn't work. Like, and it's really kind of satisfying when people are like, well, you just don't know. I'm like, what do I not know? Uh, I, I don't understand what I don't know. You can please share it with me. I don't know how to be a grandmother because um, I was born in the 80s. But no, I think, you know, that's something good that comes along with age is just being able to like basically silently tell people to go F themselves. And just Silently. like learn to be very self-aware and know that like, even if people are dismissing you for being young, that's usually something that they're exactly. having an issue with, not the fact that you're actually young. Absolutely. But Lil, on a totally separate note, um, actually, before yeah. before I make a segue, I just want to remind you guys that you can call in and be a part of this segment. So the phone number, once again, is 562-661-8729. She had to read and that fast because our guest is almost here. Because our guest is almost here. And speaking of adulting, this is a woman that I personally look up to and respect so much. I think she is one of the voices of our generation that gives me hope. And I know I'm an exaggerator, but this time I really mean it. It's Simone Boyce and she's joining us today. You are in for a treat, people. Buckle up. I'm so excited. All right, you guys, as I said earlier, I hope you have buckled up. I hope you are cozy because today you are in for a treat. Today joining us is not only one of the most just like cool human beings on the planet. And yes, I am biased because she is my friend, but also someone who gives me hope in the world. It is NBC journalist Simone Boyce. I feel like we need to insert like a clap track or something. Um, Oh my goodness, that introduction. Thank you. (laughs) So I feel like I have to kind of give a little bit of context as to how we know each other. So we met how many years ago? I don't even Um, remember at this point. It was when I was like right after I was an intern because I remember when she auditioned in um, the closet uh, office that I used to work in. (laughs) Yes, we met at Clever probably, I I would say like eight or nine years ago now, guys. That's so wild. I would say probably 2013. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a while. And that was back when you were, I think, like pretty exclusively covering entertainment, right? You yes, did, and exactly. you did the movies channel a lot, right? Yep, it's true. I did the movies channel at Clever Movies. Got to meet you amazing ladies. It was a, it was a fun season. We were grinding it out, but it was it was fun. I'm sad. I feel like I didn't get to work with you that much because I was like in my ad campaign bubble of a world. But you guys got to do more stuff together. But how amazing, Lily, I, I've told, I've told Jocelyn this, but like your journey and your trajectory at Clever, it was just like so incredible to watch. One day you're an intern, the next day you blow up on YouTube. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. It's, it's fucking her fault. <laughs> I know I'm a momager. I love like pushing people into the spotlight that don't want to be there. But speaking of trajectory, I mean... When I think about and look at the careers of literally everyone that worked at Clever, your trajectory has, in my opinion, it's just starting to scratch the surface. Okay. If you need a momager, I'm here for you. Big things ahead for you. But also, I mean, what an incredible evolution you've had. So like I introduced you as an NBC journalist, but I feel like, and sorry if I'm overstepping, you're like the face of NBC news online right? Thank you. That's very- <laughs> that was, that was a, uh, yeah, but I'm going to be humble about it. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, thank you. Yes. To being humble always. Uh, let's just get that up in the open. But, um, yeah, so I came on to NBC news at right as they were launching their streaming network, which is called NBC news. Now it is streaming live every day on Peacock. And it's a really cool position to be in because, you know, I've worked in a lot of different facets of the industry, worked in, on the entertainment side, I worked in local news, but 
obviously, we all are changing the way that we get our news and where we get our news from. And COVID-19 has only accelerated this transition from, you know, a lot of eyeballs being on traditional broadcasts to a lot of those eyeballs being spread out in other places and streaming is one of them. So I feel really fortunate to feel like I'm on the sort of cutting edge of where news is going with NBC News now. It's, It's a good place to be. Well, and I also think not even just like where people are watching it, but I think how the news is being presented is not as polished. And I don't want to say politically correct because that feels like it's never been the case. But um, that the way that you're able to bring stories and like I we were talking even before you came on about like your fact checking thing for the Rose Garden thing recently. I watched it. I'm like, this is so interesting. I feel like I'm watching a crime documentary, but that's scary (laughs) because it's our country. But it's interesting to see even you being able to do that kind of stuff, which wouldn't have been how they presented the news a couple of years ago, even. It's so true, Lily. And I think that we share, uh, obviously, we, we all have really different roles in media, but there is some common ground because we've all worked with really talented young people. And we are still talented young people ourselves. I like yeah, to think. pretty old now. But, <laughs> but behind the scenes of, of all these, these up and coming news outlets, there are some really young, I don't want to call them kids, but you know, they, they know how to edit in a way that a lot of the older talent just, they don't have quite the same eye. And it's because we've grown up watching different types of news and different media. And so I think that that presentation is becoming a bit more relaxed, like you said. And I think that's also what the audience wants. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of am tired of this word authenticity, but it, it's it's cliche, but it's true. I think we're at a point where there's so much lies, there's so much spin. We just We just want people to be straight with us. And so if we can be authentic in our delivery delivery, and, and even visually get creative about how we present the news, mm-hmm. I think that's only going to keep people engaged. When I've always freaking lutely. I'm so grateful that you exist. I honestly. know. Like, well, and that's you. You're like bridging the gap too between those younger people too, and having the more traditional experience as well. Um. Okay. Mm. Well, we could talk about your career forever, and I hope that we discuss it a little bit more here and there. But another thing that I think a lot of people that follow you, that are friends with you, or even strangers, just like on your Instagram feed, um, have really gained a lot of knowledge from is a you gave birth during the COVID pandemic to the most gorgeous, adorable, like already looks like a genius. Like he's thinking baby boy, Logan. <laughs> Love um, a wise baby. Yeah. Logan seems wise. Is he like an old man in there? Yes. Yes. He's actually 85. <laughs> um, he likes uh, uh, cozy sweaters and uh, other things that old men like. I don't know what they are right now, but yes, he told me that. Antiques, <laughs> antiques, just like his mom. Um, yes. So I think that's one exactly. thing that you've been so candidly sharing. Um, your experiences that I know have been so helpful to so many other people going through the child birthing process. But you just went back to work at NBC, what, like two, three weeks yeah. ago? Yes. Yeah, it's still pretty fresh. How's that? Yeah. Wow. And and also, what does back to work mean? Are you mostly from home? Yeah. Yeah, I am. So I will turn it around here for a second. This is my home studio. Those are some nice lights. A lot of toys in the background. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) NBC came over and hooked a sister up. So yeah, I have been back at work for almost a month now, but what does going back to work mean in, in a pandemic? It's, it's definitely different. I wasn't sure what to expect. I'm working from home. And honestly, as a new mom, that is the the best case scenario that I could really ask for. I, I feel incredibly fortunate that I had the luxury of taking a six month maternity leave. So many parents out there do not have that ability. And so when you're, when you're gone for six months, like the attachment that you have with your baby just becomes so strong. So, um, to be able to still be home with him, but also do the work that I love and help people sort through fact and, and fiction. Um, it's, it's really, it's really gratifying and, and satisfying. Like I'm, I'm very happy actually. 
And we were like going back and forth on text, like about like, oh, let's talk about this. Let's, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. And honestly, we can talk about all of them. But one of the things you brought up was like this concept of balance between motherhood and career. And I've heard so many different women that I respect talk about it in different ways. But I, my question always is like, does balance actually exist? Or is it more of just like chaotic harmony? You know what I mean? Because even as a person without kids, um, and just like recently married, and I'm in my later 30s, I never feel like I'm truly balanced. I just always feel like I've got like, I'm just kind of like dancing around all the time. What's been your experience with that so far? And then I actually have a very interesting analogy that applies so much to that too tell you, but you go first. Ooh, I, I can't wait to hear this analogy. You know, the older you get, the more you learn. And the more I'm learning that some of my aspirations and ambitions are just maybe not realistic now. And so I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this because I feel like as women, we need to give ourselves permission. We need to allow our goals to be flexible because inevitably those goals are going to shift and change and your priorities are going to shift and change. And, and honestly, it's an ongoing process. I'm still figuring it out. Um, but I, I think what you said is so true. Like it's, it's really just a chaotic harmony and you, you wind up figuring out what is the combination and calculation that, that I can live with basically. Um, I, I, I'm still like struggling to answer this question of like, can women have it all? I think, I know that someone wrote a book about this and I'm forgetting her name right now, but um, like you can have it all, but not all at once. And I yes, think that's pretty yeah, accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, this is so literally, I'm like, I don't even remember. I, I want to say it was like a Brene Brown quote or something, but I've absolutely no idea who said it. I think I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> Basically, it said that how it was someone asking, like, how do you juggle everything? And the person was like, well, here's the thing. When you're juggling everything in life, you don't have like five balls that you're juggling. You're juggling thousands, hundreds a day, thousands a week, whatever. Some of these balls you can consider to be glass and that they would break. And then some are maybe plastic. So you need to just continuously be reevaluating priorities based on what is important to you that day. So it was mainly talking between work and um, family. So it's like, maybe there is a, a bake sale at your kid's school that you could fly in and be super mom and spend all night making all this stuff. But also there's a very big work opportunity that you need to be preparing for that you can then provide a better life for the child instead of just baking cookies for the bake sale that they'll forget about in a day. So it's between those, which is the plastic one, which is the glass one. And it's like, sometimes you're going to drop some glass ones, but guess what? You can clean it up and everything will still be okay. Sometimes it's going to still hurt, but you need to make decisions on how you feel in that moment and how your decisions have gotten you there. So it's like, Yes, sometimes you're going to prioritize work over your family, but that can't be a consistent thing. It can be like, no, this is a very important work opportunity and this is important, but I need to do this for the bigger picture kind of. And I read it and I was just like, oh, shit. I'm giving you all the <laughs> I mean, don't give them to me. Is- I didn't come up with it, but it was weird how much it applies to that. But I think also there is like something to be said for, and it's so funny that I swear to you, I got this idea from Kim Kardashian. Okay. That's where this morsel of wisdom came from is that as, especially a parent, um, navigating parenthood and just life in general. I mean, she obviously has a huge career too. It's okay to change your mind and everyone else can just get on board. If it's you and your life and your career and your family, and you know, if you have a partner, like you're making those choices together, everyone else can just like get on board with it. You know what I mean? I, I think that's absolutely right. It is okay for us to change our mind. And maybe this is just me, but I, I tend to feel like, well, I think social media creates this pressure that fools us into thinking we're not allowed to change our minds or Mm -hmm. we're not allowed to adjust our goals 
or be flexible around what our priorities are because it's like, oh, well, I'm putting this image out into the world that I'm this, this, and this, and I'm this ambitious woman. Well, people are going to think I'm lame if I if I change my mind. Or and, a hypocrite or just call yeah. you out for not being authentic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I find myself struggling with those feelings and I need to just let that go. And, and I, I hope the same for like every other woman out there who's trying to figure out what her professional and personal career paths look like. When I think even right now, specifically during this time in politics and in society, there's so much, I know I've learned about so many things in the last several months to the point that it's overwhelming and like a lot to process. And I feel like it's a lot of self-reflecting and figuring things out. But on a funnier comparison, I feel like you would relate to this as well, that I, um, anytime I'm doing any like docu style thing for my YouTube channel, I was like, oh crap, I guess I should put disclaimers because like I'm talking about things that like maybe aren't true. I don't know. Like I'm not trying to like throw any opinions that might be taken as facts. Don't want to spread any fake news, but blah, blah. So writing the disclaimer and I was looking up uh, like templates for all of them and all of them very much were like, the opinions reflected in this are based on the knowledge at the time. And are it's very clear to say like, but they could change later to then like kind of get you the get out of jail free card that if in a year something else came mm-hmm. to light that totally changed my opinion on it, I'm not tied to what I've said in this piece. So I feel yeah. like we need to all like live our lives like that as well. Today's episode is sponsored by Skillshare. So for those of you guys who are not familiar, I'm so excited to tell you about it. Skillshare is this really cool online learning community with thousands of really incredible classes for people like all of us who are creative and curious. It really gives you the opportunity to explore so many new things, skills, maybe learn a little bit more about a passion you already have. Honestly, for me at least, I was just getting lost in the best way possible because there are so many awesome options. And especially at a time when so many important conversations in our country and in our world are happening, I think it's really important to keep in mind that your voice is more important and more essential than ever. And having the opportunity to explore new ideas in some of these classes might even give you a great way to express what you're feeling through creativity and self-discovery. Now for me personally, I cannot tell you how many classes I wanna take. First and foremost, anyone that follows me knows that I have killed almost all of my house plants, but guess what? There is a class for that. And I'm really excited about that one. Also the watercolor painting class. I don't know what's come over me, but I feel like I might as well be the next Van Gogh. Yes, I am a little bit delusional. So if you guys need a little bit more encouragement to check this out, I also have to point out that most classes are under 60 minutes. The lessons are really short. You can fit them into pretty much any schedule. There are also no ads, which I personally love, and they're always launching new premium classes. Plus, and here's a huge bonus, it's less than 10 bucks a month with an annual subscription. Now members get unlimited access to thousands of classes with hands-on projects and feedback from a community of millions. New live classes are added all the time and you can experience real-time inspiration with popular teachers and other members. So do what's good and explore your creativity at skillshare.com overshare. And the first thousand people to use our link will get a free trial of Skillshare premium membership. Receive free access to thousands of classes for a limited time. Be one of the first 1,000 to sign up at skillshare.com slash overshare. So again, if you want to explore your creativity, head on over to skillshare.com forward slash overshare. And if you're one of the first thousand people to use our link, you will get a free trial of Skillshare premium membership. And I'm curious, Simone, I'm curious, um, because obviously like we have so many mutual friends and I have so many friends who you know, want to be moms and want to get married and want to find this harmony and balance that 
seems like this dream and goal that we just can't get to. And it's really scary to be someone who's like, you know, in their thirties and like, Oh my gosh, am I going to give up all the stuff I've been so passionate about and working towards and really care about is, do I have to say goodbye to all of this? But what I've heard overwhelmingly, especially from the women um, who have had babies that I really look up to is that a lot of them say they feel like becoming a mom has made their work better. And I'm curious if you agree with that or what your thoughts are on that. A hundred percent. I, for the longest, for years, I'm 32. Um, I, for, for years I put off having a baby because I thought that it would slow me down professionally. And look, 32 is not like a lot. That's not late. I'm not saying that that's you know, a late time to have mm-hmm. a baby. You can have a baby. You have that. You but, say, I'm 30. Um, so 32 is late. I have no <laughs> baby in the horizon. <laughs> but you know, I, I think I had friends who had babies much sooner and I just was like, Oh, no way. Like I couldn't do that. I'm, you know, I can't cut my career short. And when you're on air, it's like a whole nother level of pressure and appearances. And you, you almost feel like you have a, an expiration date and that expiration date will come sooner. If you have a baby, like people will just kind of discard you and throw you to the side. But honestly, I don't know why I waited this long. It's been the best, most amazing journey. And it was so silly to wait this long. Like, I think, look, the timing is perfect. And I'm glad that we had a baby when we did. But like, if I had known that it would bring me this much joy, I would have cared so much less about what my industry thinks of me. And like what it might take away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, it is true, especially as a journalist, I'm covering issues right now that are directly going to impact my son's life. And so that absolutely factors into my mindset when I'm at work. And, and I do have any purpose. I do. He, he gives my life more meaning than, than it already had before. It's true. And I've heard that people say like that you also now you're working like in years, your kids can be like, mom, what do you do for work? And you're going to want to be proud of the stuff that you show them. And he will be. Absolutely. But also something I wanted to touch on that I think is interesting is like, you know, working in this industry where you are on air and like, that's like a whole separate, whole separate conversation. But you've done a lot of work to break down barriers, even in that world, in my personal opinion, something that you and I have in common that you've been so helpful to me with is the curly hair journey, which like, I know that that sounds overly dramatic to anyone listening or watching who does not, has not been on this journey, but it is like, we'll take over your life. And, um, many, a lot of the, it's true. A lot of the reason that I had never explored that side of myself was because I'm on air. And I was told early on that it was really hard to key me out on green screen because my hair was too frizzy, which is actually true, but I didn't know that it could look okay. And you have done some really incredible work, um, in bringing awareness to, Women with curly hair that are news anchors and journalists. Um, I don't even know if Lily knows about this, but like you need to share it with our audience because I know it sounds weird to people who don't get it, but it's like a really big deal. Thank you. Thanks for saying that, Jocelyn. I'm so glad that we got to work on some content around your curly hair journey together. I It comes out of my own personal experience, right? Um, you know, I've experienced what I would say was racial prejudice or discrimination in a newsroom that I worked in where my news director told me that he didn't like my curly hair. Um, this was when I was on air here in Los Angeles working on a morning show here. And it actually started before that because now I'm thinking back, like he made it expressly clear in my interview that he didn't want me to have curly hair. So he made it clear from that point, like you should have your hair straightened. Cause when I met with him for the first time I had my hair curly and I thought about it and I, it just like, it made me sick to my stomach. I was like, why, like, why would this disqualify me from what? this position? This also absurd. question Jocelyn's like, they use the excuse and obviously hers isn't racially fueled, but that it, it, it's hard to key out. 
were you on a green screen? You were? No, I was no. not. So, they, like, so that's fucking bullshit. Like, no, what do you, the thought that that even comes up in an interview is absurd. How, like, what? Well, and, and I think that the timing has, has something to do with it. It, it adds some context because this was probably in like 2017 or 2018. I, I'd be really shocked if a news director felt comfortable having this conversation in 2020. I think I, that, <laughs> I think that they would, I think that it would then be leaked that. online immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but you know, I found myself in this predicament, which is a, a, an unfortunate situation that a lot of black journalists and people of color find themselves in. And that was, do I compromise who I am, my identity as a woman of color who has curly hair to take this job? Like it, it was an impossible situation and I needed the opportunity. I wanted the experience. So I did what he asked. I straightened my hair. Um, but after a few months, I kind of was just like, I was waking up at four in the morning, straightening my hair well, that's and a- it was, it was too much. And so it's, just, it's not I, even just an it. appearance thing. That's like, it's, I, and even with, I know the history of like with cornrows and stuff, that's not like, oh, I think this looks that like, I'm only wearing this because I really like it. It's like, no, that is what your hair looks like. Why would you try and change it? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it literally damages your hair to, yeah. to be straightening your hair every morning. And I could see the damage and I can feel the damage to, to my soul, soul. as well. <laughs> exactly. And so I just, I stopped straightening it and I noticed that my hours were cut back at this station and I have, I believe this is what happened. You know, I, I believe that my curly hair and my desire to not wear my straight hair was, was a factor in that. Can't prove it obviously. Um, but after that point, I just realized, look, I'm someone who has hair that, um, I want to be really sensitive about this, but like, I can straighten my hair pretty easily for a lot of other black women. It's, much more involved. It requires, you know, chemical relaxers. It costs a lot more money. And so they I can't felt do like it themselves every morning. Right, right, right. I, I wanted to use this position of privilege that I was in to really just elevate other black journalists who are experiencing the same kind of discrimination. So um, we, we put together this campaign of other journalists who wear their natural hair on air and we did this bomb photo shoot if I might say so where we were all just like proud with our big hair and just looking fabulous felt like we were in a Solange Knowles video um (laughs) and and I we hope encouragement to other women of color out there black women and and women who have hair that's not you know traditionally straight Mm-hmm. Just that you can be and you don't need permission from someone else to do that. It was an amazing photo shoot and it was so inspiring. <laughs> and I know that it really, um, of course, like really touched a lot of women and men in, you, you know, your same space in the journalism world. But it goes so far beyond that because I think it's so important for kids to see people that look like them in jobs that they want to have or in places they want to be when they grow up. And so, like I said, you know, when, when I reference, you know, a curly hair journey or whatever, it sounds trivial and I get that, but it actually is a very huge part of identity and it goes so far beyond, you know, your curl pattern, right? When I think even on top of that with being great for people that then can look on the news and identify with people that look like them, I think it's also good to educate other people that don't even realize that it's a thing because I know for Clever, I did an episode with Drew where she gets her hair braided and the whole thing was so fascinating to me because it took like eight hours and she came to the studio and just, I kept going back in and I'm asking all these questions. And they told me a lot about why, and specifically even with cultural appropriation and cornrows and braids and things, why that is offensive. Like, and not me being like, I don't get it. Why is it offensive? But I'm like, no, I, j- please explain to me because that is something that has never been present in my life that I ever have come into contact with. And they're like, 
that literally people don't get hired for jobs because they look too black because of their hair. When in reality, braids, the reason they even exist is because that was maintenance for that type of hair to keep it healthy and stuff. So in hearing you say that you had to straighten yours, I know Drew said that she straightened hers for years through college just because she thought that that's what would make her fit in and feel normal. And then she finally started embracing her natural hair and how much that was a big step. But it breaks my heart that that the concept that people care about hair, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, if Jocelyn yeah, came in like, to work with space buns, that's more offensive to me. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And that someone would think that someone's hair would be a reflection of how they're going to perform as an employee. Like, this is just, this is the kind of brainwashing that our culture has been, um, you know, under for, for decades now. And it's, there are literal studies about how, like you just said, like Black women interviewing for jobs uh, are discriminated against because of the way that they're wearing their hair. So hopefully, I think, you know, it is about having a conversation. And I'm one that I, I feel like there, I personally feel like there should be a measure of grace around these things. And, you know, as long as people are interested in, in genuinely learning and, and being sensitive to the issues that the Black people face. So um, I, I, think it's, I think it's great to just start the conversation mm-hmm. and have a conversation. I just think, I, it, and it's so eye-opening for people that wouldn't have ever necessarily received that message or understood the gravity it affects yeah. people. And I think that's a great example yeah. of taking something not great, something negative, you know, and mm-hmm. that you I had experienced by your hours yeah. b- being cut back or whatever. And then you're like, okay, cool. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn this into a global campaign that everyone in the world will see. <laughs> and then we'll see what happens. Then we'll see if future people, future men and women have conversations with their boss about that without being fired or like Lily said, leaked online. Um, and I think... Um, what you've done, you know, in regards to sharing your birth story and to, you know, sharing like what motherhood has been like, and even the stuff that you are sharing, literally, I want everyone right now that is listening to this to follow at Simone Boyce on Instagram, because, you know, you are a journalist at NBC, but I feel like the stuff you're sharing, even on your own personal social media accounts is so educational and digestible. I was just going to say, you're just really smart. Yeah. So, um, oh, what, like, is that, is that something that you just felt compelled to do? But why, I guess, with your social media specifically? And has it been kind of a transition of doing it more now during, I guess, this climate? Yeah, you know, the pandemic has literally caused this infodemic, according to the World Health Organization, which is essentially just there's so much false information out there that it's it's hard for people to navigate through it and figure out what's true, what's false, what medical advice should I be following for me and my family? Like this is the time where literally the truth can be the difference between, you know, life and death. Like it is it is essential right now. And so many opinions are being read as facts too. Exactly, exactly. And and so many people aren't able to distinguish between opinion and fact-based reporting. And that Mm -hmm. that's a whole thing too. I think during the pandemic I just I started to get fed up with all the false information that I saw circulating online and people would send it to me. And I just felt like, you know, I've got this, I've, I've got a, you know, a platform, a humble platform that I can use. And it's been really incredible to see people sharing the content with their circles as well. Like I'll do these fact-checking infographics and and it's just been really awesome to see people wanting to spread that factual information to their friends I've never I've never really had that before like I don't have as big of a following as you guys do so this is like pretty cool <laughs> to see the engagement around uh, a topic like this well, hopefully will help and people 
I have to say it should be you should feel very rewarded because also we've had stuff that yeah people share but it'll be us trying face masks and stuff which yes serves its own purpose and people need entertainment but like the fact that people are sharing your stuff because you are literally providing them with some like you're giving them value of something that is very valuable right now they're not like sharing because they're like oh she's cool it's like, no, this is actually very helpful. And she presented it in a way that is something that I want to then share with people in my world. There's room for all of it. I need I need some some escapism face mask <laughs> review content. Too. I mean, what else am I going to do with a lot of stuff in my house? No, no, I know. But I do think that it is, you should feel very proud that the stuff that people are sharing is because it's good and useful and valuable for people in a time like this. And you're making a difference. You know, getting back to like even whatever our supposed theme for this conversation, which this conversation always goes all over the place. Um, (laughs) And like talking about like motherhood, because that's something I would love to have in my life at some time in the near future. Lily already asked me if Chris and I are going to give her a sibling. And I told her we're working on it. Um, She's our adoptive daughter. Um, but like, what, and you, you mentioned that this motherhood has brought you so much joy that you never imagined, but that maybe, you know, you're navigating career stuff a little bit differently. So I'm curious, like, in what ways do you feel like you see your trajectory being a little bit different, which is not bad. It's just like yeah. different. What, what kind of choices have you made already? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's such a good question. And I'm, I, to be honest, I'm still in the process of answering it. I mean, it was really, really hard for me to go back to work. And like, I feel a little bit nervous saying that because I don't want to come across to anyone out there or to my employer that I don't like my job. I love my job. I actually, I really do love what I do. But uh, motherhood is like, it's a brand new experience. And you really don't know how it's going to take over your life physically and emotionally. And I just became so attached to Logan. I, I cried the like whole weekend before I had to go back to work. It's basically like a weekend long Sunday scaries. <laughs> um, and I just built it up in my head. Like it was going to be this excruciating thing. And thankfully I, because I'm working from home, it wasn't as excruciating as I thought it was going to be. And I had so many amazing friends praying for me as I was going back. So I really feel like empowered now. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel really good about being back at work. But what does that look like going forward? I mean, right now, I'm so grateful that I'm I'm at home indefinitely. So for the next several months, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with Logan. Um, I think I don't know what that's going to look like down the road, what sort of compromises or choices that I'm going to have to make. All I know is that I'm going to give myself permission to make those choices and compromises without shame. And mm-hmm. I think younger Simone would have beat herself up over even entertaining, you know, taking a step back from work in some way or not working as often. Like, like just being able to allow myself to think about those possibilities like, that's okay. I'm just giving myself permission to do that. I I also think just in this time, you also are, I mean, it's terrifying and also to have a baby during a pandemic and stuff. I can't imagine. But also, I feel like hopefully it will lend itself to giving you a little more flexibility just because everyone kind of has to be flexible because no one really knows what the future is really going to look like. So you can maybe kind of craft your own thing that wouldn't have even been a possibility before now that everything's kind of going to be starting from scratch and how it operates. A hundred percent. And I, I feel super grateful that I even have a job right now. Like I want to get that out in the open because I know there are so many people who are experiencing devastating layoffs. So I'm super grateful to be in this position and I'm grateful to actually be able to have, you know, have a voice in, in these conversations that we're having right now and like talk about these issues. Um, but you're right. The media industry is going to undergo some serious changes like some of those changes that were already starting to happen, they're only going to pick up in speed right now because of the pandemic. So 
flexibility, I'm, I'm here for it. Well, and also even we talked about you obviously working from home and how that has its own benefits because you can be a little more flexible. I was just talking to a friend yesterday about how in offices, I've always been one that, I mean, I was lucky at Clever that I ended up kind of creating my own job that I was doing so many things that no one was like micromanaging me. It was kind of like, where'd Lily go? No one cares as long as the video goes up. <laughs> and I live very close to our office. So I would usually go in and like hang out in Jocelyn's office for a couple hours. And like, I'd brainstorm with people and talk about things. And I think it was beneficial for me being there. But in terms of actual productivity and what I was getting done, being in an office from nine to five or eight to five or whatever is for the most part, at least in the job I have had and how I've seen other people operate, that is no one is ever working that full time. That is not a realistic like or do people's brains usually work productively for that long of a time straight. So I think the pandemic has really obviously everyone's working from home. It's forced people to realize that like, oh, wait, maybe we didn't need to be in the office all this time. Because when you really think about it, how much time in an office is actually spent in the kitchen or like taking a little break or walking down the hallway that if you can just cut those like five hours of doing like kind of stuff to two hours of really doing stuff, then allow the three extra hours to hang out with your kid. I feel like that's hopefully where this will go that people are like, oh, wow, I guess we didn't need to have that meeting that could have been an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I might not be wearing pants, but I'm super productive at home. Okay. Right? <laughs> Honestly, pants are canceled. If I, I don't like cancel culture at all. Like I'm not here for it for the most part. But like but pants can pants, suck it. Pants can suck it. I'm just wearing my husband's don't underwear. No, all I do is wear Chris's underwear. Like I, that's I only whole, wear sweats. That's a whole other like thing I've discovered is men's undergarments are the best thing that's ever happened in the world. And women's undergarments are holding us down, okay? She's been very passionate about been this very lately, very passionate Simone. about that. But a nice breeze with men's undergarments is like... Yes. It's very free and loose. <laughs> um, honestly, we I could talk to you forever and catch up with you, um, which I would love to do as well. Um, but before we wrap up and move on to our last segment, which we'd love yeah. to have you stay for, um, first off, like... You're on NBC digital, but where can people like actually watch you on the regular? So you can watch NBC News Now on Peacock. It is a free app on Apple TV, Roku, any streaming device. And you just go to channels and then you'll see NBC News Now. I'm there on the morning show, on our evening show. I'm kind of all over the place. So watch us there. And then I'm also on social media at Simone Voice. Okay, great, great. Well, would you like to stick around with us for our final segment? So long, farewell. I hate us so much more now. Okay, so our final segment is something we called share well because it's like overshare, farewell, you know, you get it. And we like to tell people farewell by sharing something that has brought us joy in the previous week. So for example, I'll, I'll go first, I'll start. Um, I have, for people watching this video on YouTube, can see, but for people who cannot, I received a great little gift in the mail this week from Angela Roy. She's a handbag designer in New York, which is, oh my gosh, Simone used to live in New York. It was like, she was like, you know, there's Emily in Paris. There was like Simone in New York. Her life was so amazing. She would just be like walking through cobblestone streets and like beautiful clothes. I loved your New York life. Anyways, Angela Roy oh, is a handbag, you. is a vegan handbag designer. She makes these really cool bags, by the way, not sponsored. I'm just a fan. Um, these vegan handbags. And she's very dedicated to like sustainability, which for me is like one of the most overwhelming topics of all time, because where do you even start? Right. But here's what I love. So she makes these beautiful handbags and I have one that is this exact color and she has a lot of leftover vegan leather from her handbags. So she has started taking all of the leftover pieces and making coasters. Oh. So she just sent me a whole set of coasters and I'm like, oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. <laughs> But it's this like, you know, the most random thing. I really had no idea where this was going. Know, I'm like, well, where's the purse? <laughs> oh, no I, have, purse? I actually have the, this exact color purse in my oh, closet. Okay. I carry it all the time. But I was like, what a great idea. You know, like in the olden days when they used to like 
you know, kill the cow and then they would like use all the pieces up to make sausage. This is the sausage. Um, Simone, what brought you joy this week? It could be like anything. Logan's giggle, whatever. I'm going to go with my old standby, which is Susie Cakes. Ooh, I do love a good Susie Cake. Yeah, and I'm going to raise that with an Aperol Spritz. That's Ooh. my favorite meal. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't live in L.A., Susie Cakes is, to me, the best bakery in L.A. It's so good. I got the celebration cake, which is like the birthday cake, funfetti. It's, it's like this like dense moist like you take a bite and it makes your cheeks tingle because it's so good what about you lil what I brought find, you joy I, I just i find this question harder and harder to answer every week <laughs> um <gasps> this is dumb but um for the 85 degree weather outside i just ordered uh, a new pair of uggs for the first time in like probably <laughs> 10 years. I've been wearing the same absolutely disgusting pair. And um, they have like little short ones now. Oh, they do. That's that are great. Like, like ankle boots. So um, I just got those and they're really comfy and I've been wearing them a lot. Girl, you are ready for the path. You are ready for the revival of Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm ready for winter in the valley. <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm cracking up because um, about a year ago, almost, I guess, Simone and I and our husbands paid money to go apple picking. Okay. Which is basically where you I, pay someone to pick their fruit. All right. It's hilarious. That's but like it was a big thing, even in yeah. like Camarillo and like Oxnard. It, where'd you go? Where did we go? I don't remember. San Diego? We went to Apple Valley. Um, okay. It, it's, of course, there was an Apple Valley. Of course, we went to Apple Valley. This is really <laughs> funny. My husband, I was telling my husband that I was coming on Overshare today. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing this podcast with Jocelyn. And he was like, Jocelyn from Apple Valley? <laughs> so that's your name now. <laughs> Okay, I honestly love being known for that because I've never done something. I mean, I've done a lot of basic stuff, but that might be like the most basic. And it was oh. so funny because that's like he, something sorry. Instagram models go and do to take pictures of oh. for fall. And you better believe that Simone and I took some of the most. We were skipping, okay? We were straight up skipping through the apple trees. And was there Chris alcohol was involved? Was it like a winery as well? Simone was like six months pregnant. Not for her. <laughs> Drunk on the hormones. But also kind of proud of them. I mean, shameless. Don't you just embrace don't it. Regret it. Oh my gosh. Well, Simone, thanks for coming on. And honestly, Thank you for the work that you're doing at your job, but then also on your social media, because I think it's so accessible Mm -hmm. to people. For people watching or listening, we're going to have a link to all things Simone in the info section. But if you're someone that's listening and or watching and you're just like, I don't know what to believe. There's so much news out there. What do I do? Simone will be your Sherpa guide. And okay. it's like really like, it's not like, oh, this is the, it's it's not boring. Like you, it doesn't feel like you're watching the news. It's like super intense and like, there's good music. It's like investigative journalism. <laughs> and by investigative journalism, she is presenting you the facts, which should just be journalism. But exactly. You know. Congratulations on your life, like your real life, like your family. Killing I'm so it. happy for you. Thank you so much. And I am sending a uh, advanced congratulations to you and Chris for your beautiful baby that is down the road. Hopefully. And we're working on it. Time we're is working sticking. on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And congratulations to both of you on your huge success. Like I said, like you, both of your trajectories from clever to now going independent, doing your own thing, creating your own company, entrepreneur life, like so impressive. Thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, <laughs> anyways, you guys. Stable. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Um, to all of you guys listening and watching, thank you so much for being here. If you are new to the podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review. If you would like to rate us five stars, we'd greatly appreciate it. And we will be right back here next week. Oh, and call and leave your, uh, wait, you're oh, over it. Yes, Justin, absolutely. Read the number because really? I don't ever have it. Thank you so much for reminding me. If you would like to be on our show, Overshare, we would love to have you. Please call 562-661-8729. And in three minutes or less, 
leave us a message letting us know what you are over and you might just you might make it on guys you might go to hollywood p.s 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 i have a request if anyone has any musical skills at all that's uh watching i would like to turn this phone number into some kind of a jingle so i can remember it like you know like the car dealership commercials good idea i like that that'd be helpful Anyways. You'll be featured if you can do it successfully. <laughs> and with that, I believe this episode is over. Goodbye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.